think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rhodes? Where we're going, we don't need Rhodes. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we are here with episode number 137. We are recording live. If you happen to be watching us live on the old Facebook and the social channels, and if you're not, then that's okay. You're watching us or listening to us after the fact. Uh, I guess I should say, did I say my name already, Phil? Do we say our names? We've said our names, Mike. Yeah, cool. you're Mike Spring and I'm Phil Edwards. All right, thank you for reiterating that. Sometimes I get a little lost in the sauce, you know? Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's our own fault for doing the drinking game in the last episode about the multiverses. <laughs> That's, so. right. That's right. Uh, Phil, why don't you tell people what we're talking about in today's episode? Yes, for this post-credit episode, we're going to be talking about the last five films we watched, and that's uh, can be a uh, streaming Blu-ray DVD, but it's the last five films. Or no theater. skipping, no hiding things. It's it, you know, so there could be some good, could be some bad, could be some very ugly ones. <laughs> could be indeed. And uh, then we'll also be recommending some bits and pieces, whatever it's been taking our fancy over the past couple of weeks. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So our first feature is the last five films we watched. This is a fun one we've started to do and we're really enjoying it. Uh, we, we love our top five lists. We do them uh, for each of the post credits episodes. But once in a while, we like to talk about movies that maybe we don't get a chance to talk about either. They're, we've ne we've already done an after the ending for them or we, we can't do an after the ending for them or we've never seen them before. They're too new or a bunch of reasons. So um, this is basically like like Phil said, the literally the last five movies we watch. And there's really no cheating. It's just the last five films. Good, bad, or ugly, uh, and we'll tell you what we thought of them. So it's kind of a great way to talk about some more um, interesting or diverse films sometimes, uh, unless you're on a binge. And, like, good thing we didn't do this right when I was watching all the Fast and Furious movies to get ready yeah. for Fast uh, 9, because then I would have just basically listed Fast and Furious movies. So I was thinking that the other day, you know, if we just ended up watching a particular chunk of films, it could be, yeah. But uh, luckily, mine are all quite different. Right, mine too. Yeah. Mine too. Well, you kicked things off in the last episode, Phil, so why don't I kick things off here? Yeah, go on and hit me with the first one. All right, so I went in backwards order, right? So the first film I'm going to tell you is the one I watched, you know, five movies ago, and then the last one will be the one I watched the most recently. My yeah. number five film is uh, Reminiscence, starring Hugh Jackman and Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, it is out in theaters, but it's also on HBO Max, which is how I watched it. Um, and it is sort of a science fiction film noir. Um, it's about a guy who sort of helps people like relive their memories. And then, of course, uh, this sort of tragic thing happens to him. Sort of tragic, but maybe not. And he starts to go into people's memories and his memories to try and piece together what happened. And that's all I'm going to say about the story. Um, but I really liked it, actually. It is a is definitely a film noir in a science fiction setting. There's a femme fatale. There's like your hard-boiled detective even though he's not a detective in the movie but he kind of is um it's very classically film noir but in a 2021 movie that is set slightly in the future um i think the film looks really good i think the central story is really interesting um i i like hugh jackman a lot of course i absolutely adore rebecca ferguson i think she is incredibly talented i love her so much um 
And I like that the story went some places that it didn't. I didn't expect it to go. Uh, I think it's one of those movies that kind of tries to give the audience what they need, not what they want. Um, but I like that about it. It was. I think it was kind of daring. It's not a fast-paced movie. It's. It it is definitely modeled after those film noir movies of the fifties. It is not like a super action-packed movie. It is kind of like a mystery drama sci-fi there are a couple action scenes in it um but if you're looking for like you know a matrix type film for example you're you're not going to get that but i liked it quite a bit it was uh, it was neat it was different it had a, a unique flavor to it so that's the one i watched uh, the most the furthest away uh that was reminiscence my okay project. yeah i remember i've only seen the trailer for that i've not seen the film but i like the aesthetic of the uh the flooded cities that kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah there's a few remember there's a few comic books was it Dinosaurs and Cadillacs or something had a similar kind of thing. Cadillacs and dinosaurs, yeah. Cadillacs and dinosaurs, yeah. But yeah, I, I like the look of the trailer and I like Hugh Jackman, but uh, yeah. I had a chance to see that. Uh, my number five was, uh, well, my my film, first film was uh, one I watched on Netflix. It's a documentary called Count Me In from early this year, mm -hmm. the end of last year. But it's it's a documentary all about drummers from from various groups and bands and talking about how what inspired them what got them into drumming what they like about drumming and how it brings them together and just the beat but it's got it's got like the drummer from pink floyd the the police foo fighters uh it's got two it's got Stuart copeland taylor hawkins nick mason uh chad smith roger taylor from queen nick mcbain jim Keller, loads of people and lots of people I didn't recognize, but then when I realized the bands they were in or they played with, it was really good. It was, it was, it's always, I was like a good documentary. And this was a, a, a this was a pretty decent one because it's, you're getting to see an aspect of, of music we don't often see. Uh, often they're just the guy at the back, just keeping time and doing everything. But it starts going into as well, just what goes into being a drummer. You got to have that passion and how hard it is. But then once you have it, it's just amazing. It's just, it's just great seeing as well what inspired these these uh, musicians to uh to just start banging the drums lots of footage as well of, of young kids getting drum kits and things like that and just watching the magic on them and seeing seeing them grow and and, and get better on the drums as well a great little documentary on netflix count me in. count me in i will have to well count me in for watching that but i'm pumped and see i did the little rim shot but i did it like on purpose because like i made a dad joke but then i was like oh the drummers are the ones who do the rim shot it all ties together it says we, we plan this all out. The script we have for this is just goes through so many rewrites. It works right. so well. It's not easy coming up with this comedy gold, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, all right, I'll have to check that out. Sounds sounds interesting. Yeah. I was like a good yeah. um, music documentary. So, all right. Well, my, my number four uh, goes back a ways to the to the late nineties, I believe, uh, and it is Dante's Peak, uh, a volcano oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Yep, starring um, Linda Hamilton and Pierce Brosnan. Um, so I watched this because, well, A, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know I'm a huge fan of disaster movies. But my daughter is also has become a, a big fan of disaster movies. And so I was looking, we, we, uh, we had a night, a lot of times my wife, if she's working late or she's out with friends, uh, you know, my son likes to just do his video games and stuff. He's not really into movies. Uh, but my daughter and I are both big movie buffs. So when the, the, we have those nights, we have the TV to ourselves, we pick a movie and we watch it. So I always look for like disaster movies and creature features and stuff like that because she likes that stuff. Um, so I was like, oh, Donnie's Peak, you got to see this one. It's it's a really good one. So we watched it. She really liked it. I loved it. I've seen it a bunch of times. I think it's one of the most underrated I think it's one of the most underrated disaster movies ever, but I think it's also just a highly underrated film. Uh, it's it's really, really good. It's classic disaster movie formula. You know, scientist tries to warn people, nobody believes him, then you know, <laughs> crap blows up everywhere. Um, 
literally in this case, but I think it's well-paced, it's well-written, the characters are believable. Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton are, are really great, both of them, and they're good together. They have a good chemistry on screen. There's some humor in the film. The special effects are really good. You know, there's a couple that, that look a little dated, but for the most part, the volcano special effects really hold up. Um, and it's just, I mean, you know, the, the last third of the movie is just pure destruction, and it's and it's phenomenal. It's, it's really good. Uh, really looks great and is, is tense and exciting, and I just don't think Donnie's Peak gets the credit it deserves. It was a medium hit back when it came out in like 99 whatever year it was um uh, you know it made i think it made like 60 or 70 million at the u.s box office so like you know it did okay but it wasn't like a a blockbuster but i really like it i think it's a great film it doesn't get the credit it deserves so that yeah. is my number four that was one of those uh, films which like hollywood does now and again there was a coincidence of two films coming out because yeah. it was volcano with tommy lee jones yeah, wasn't it? yeah so, they um, both came out within months of each other and i think that yeah. hurt them both yeah. Um, I, I do like both of the films, actually, but I do think Dante's Peak is the superior of the two. Cool, cool. Yeah, not seen that in a long time, but yeah, good. Uh, my number four is one which came out, well, it was due out last year, but I'm not sure what it did. But anyway, Quiet Place Part Two. Mm, yeah, I got, I got. It's now out on Blu-ray and digital, but I got sent the screener to watch uh, Blu-ray. Uh, I, I like the the first film; thought that was really good, but I, I, I thought the Quiet Place Part Two was. Was even better. I, I just I really wow. liked it. I think it was it's it follows on. Well, we get a little prequel uh, showing John Krasinski and the family on the day going playing the softball, and you see some you see like this huge rock falling through the sky. Basically, how the creatures got there, but you don't see it in any great detail. But then you see the creatures attack the town, and then it's uh, like a hard cut to right after the events of the first film. We just follow straight on from that. Emily Blunt and the family making their way through the wilderness of earth now that the creatures have uh, laid waste to it but it's it's good because the little prequel in introduces some characters who show up later on the world expands a little bit but it's still focusing on these but then there's for reasons the family have to split up and go different ways killian murphy's in it he's brilliant in it i do very little he just very quiet yep. just looks destroyed by what's gone on who he's lost but I just, it's very tense because we've already seen the creatures in the first one. We can see them again now, but it seems to, I'm not sure whether the CG is different or more improved, but they look really good. Uh, although there's a bit, bit, you know, the whole Demogorgon from Stranger Things kind of thing going yeah. on. Uh, I just really like the tense, thoughtful, and the way they use sound or the absence of sound because it's quiet, but still with the ambient sound as they're walking around, but then it's from the perspective from the deaf daughter where they take away all sound and it just, there's the different levels of sound all the time. And then when they do make a little sound and you just, you're there just watching going, <clears throat> you find yourself holding your, your breath and not making any sounds while you're watching it. But I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was better than the first one, but only by a little bit, but uh, it makes a really good double bill. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I loved Quiet Place too. No, I mean, no argument here. I, I don't know that I would say that I think it was better than the first one. I think I like the first one a little bit better um, still, but I really love the second one. I thought they did a great job with it. It's it's uh, it's a fantastic movie, and I'm I'm sure there will be a third one, and I'm I can't wait for that one either. So yeah, uh, I'm glad you got to see it. I'm glad you liked it so much. It's it's yeah, really terrific. Really good. Excellent. All right. Well, my number three, the most recent films we've seen, uh, is also from the late '90s, early 2000s. It's Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, uh, directed by Clint Eastwood, uh, starring Kevin Spacey and John Cusack. Um, 
And uh, oh, I'd never seen this film before. Yeah, it was it was one of those movies that came out. It got a lot of critical acclaim. Didn't do much at the box office. Um, it wasn't a big hit, but it was very well regarded by critics and such. And um, it's based on a true story, loosely based on a true story. It takes place in Savannah, Georgia, which the town is kind of its own character. Um, and and Kevin Spacey plays a man, a rich man, accused of murdering his kind of ne'er do well um, homosexual lover which of course is kind of a scandal in this very Southern, very proper town. Um, and John Cusack is the reporter who comes down to cover a party and ends up covering a murder and becoming part of the inner circle. Um, and uh, it was fantastic. It was really good. A uh, very young Jude Law plays uh, Kevin Spacey's lover, I think before he was famous at all. Um, a lot of good people in the cast, a lot of recognizable faces, um, but just a, a solid like mystery drama, or not mystery, more of a crime drama, um, John Cusack is great. Kevin Spacey, of course, is terrific. You know, I'm mad at Kevin Spacey, I have to say. I've, for some reason, I've ended up watching like three or four Kevin Spacey movies recently. And, I think a lot of people are mad at Kevin Spacey, to be fair, Mike. Well, it, right, but like, I always was a big fan of his, and as I've been watching some of his movies lately, for whatever reason, just happen to watch movies he's been in, I'm constantly reminded of what a great actor he is yeah. slash yeah. was. And so to be part of this thing that has effectively ruined his career and, and taken that talent away from a screen from screens that really need it. I'm mad at him because I wish he was just a nicer guy and not, and didn't do these terrible things so that I could still watch him in new roles. Cause he's just everything he's in. He's phenomenal. And I wish he, he didn't do the things he did so that we could still get new roles from him. Maybe he'll be back someday. I don't know, but I just, everything I see him in, he's phenomenal. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember, I remember that film at the time. I, I've not seen it myself, but I remember the poster, the, yeah, the that's what everyone was. Yeah, I remember that, but never, never got around to seeing it. But it's really, yeah. really good, and I highly recommend you watch it because I think it's the kind of movie that you get sucked into and be like, "Why have I never watched this before?" You know, and I, I remember it when it came out. I remember some people that I knew who had seen it who raved about how great it was. Like, I think a lot of people who had seen it because it didn't do very well were like, "You got to watch this movie. Like, it's really, really good. It's very much like if you know Clint Eastwood directed movies. It's very much like that. It's not a fast paced." movie but it's really just riveting from start yeah, to finish yeah. um and i really like this so midnight of garden midnight in the garden of good good and evil definitely worth tracking down cool cool I, and any viewers out there if you've seen the film let us know what you think you can always if you're watching it live on facebook you can always leave comments and we will see them we can throw them up on the video and we can discuss them if need be but that's uh is that your fourth film third that was film? my third my third film is uh, one you mentioned as a recommendation a few episodes ago. Oh, cool. This year, it's Nobody, starring... Yes. Uh, cool. Uh, Connie Nielsen, Christopher Lloyd, and Rizza. Is it Rizza or Ozzy? Yeah, yeah sure. no, Rizza. It's pronounced Rizza. Yeah. Uh, but it's. I really enjoyed this. It's, yeah. it's basic level. It's it's a John Wick clone, but it's yeah. different. But it's, it could be, they could... Bob Odenkirk's character could be somehow related to... Well, he's basically on the different side of John Wick. But anyway, yeah. similar kind of thing. But he's... The multiverse he's... version of John Wick. Ooh. <laughs> that's a callback to the previous episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but yeah, he's... Uh, Bob Odenkirk is just a guy living in suburbia, just going through the same same old, same old daily routine, things like that. And he's just... He's just not happy. Mm -hmm. And then something happens, and he, we realise that there's something inside of him and he unleashes it on a on a bus and then it just goes on from there because he ends up beating up the wrong person and it gets back to somebody else and then it's just it's great because you see him he's just he's he was his character was like 
real tough at one point, but he has to, it takes him a while to get back up to speed. So he does get beaten up and he's bloody and bruised and things, but it's really good. Great seeing Bob Odenkirk, who from Better Call Saul and Mr. Show and things like that. But seeing him in this this kind of role, it's just great. And how when he gets his, his dad involved and his brother or stepbrother, is his brother? Yeah. But anyway, get them all involved. And it's it's just I really like how it works. And yeah. it's just good. You can see him, you can see his character come back to life after pushing things down that shouldn't have been pushed down. But it's, yeah. if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on Amazon Prime in the UK. It's on Amazon Video in the UK. I think it's still on. You've got to pay to watch it, though. It's on the premiere thing, whatever they call it. Well, I'm glad you liked it because that was one of my recommendations. Uh, Nobody is a terrific action movie. Um, a little, a little close to brutal in some places, but never to the point where I was like upset with it. But I, I loved it, so I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That makes me happy. Yeah, I'm one I could probably watch again and again. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I could. That's definitely one I can rewatch for sure. Mm-hmm. So much great action in it. All right, awesome, excellent. All right, well, my number two, my, my, my second most recent film is one that I'm going to guess almost nobody's heard of. Um, it's called Finding You. Uh, it is a rom-com that takes place in Ireland. Uh, it's rated PG, if that tells you anything. You don't see a lot of PG-rated movies these days. The two lead actors are, are unknowns. Uh, the girl's name is Rose Reed. And the guy's name uh, escapes me at the moment, but I promise you've never heard of him. Um, and it's basically like this this American exchange student going over to Ireland. She meets this kind of obnoxious movie star on the plane, um, and they don't get along. So, of course, you're like, well, they're never going to meet again. But they end up staying at the same bed and breakfast. Um, and, of course, you know, but and then there's a lot of, you know, uh, you know, it's t- it's. It starts off very much like a, a Hallmark movie, you know, like one of the Hallmark Christmas movies that you see, which, as you know, I love. I those do know you like them, yeah. Um, but I will say by the end, it really did win me over. It has a real heart to it. It's got a couple of poignant moments towards the end that I really liked. Um, no famous main cast members, but Tom Everett Scott is a supporting member. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave is a supporting cast member. And Patrick Bergen, who, you know, was kind of a big deal in the 90s, but hasn't been around much since then. Uh, he was terrific in it. Um, so it's called Finding You. It is a, a rom-com. If, you're, if you don't like rom-coms, don't watch it. Um, but if you like them, if you like Hallmark movies or you just like a good romantic comedy that, that again, has a little bit of heart to it, uh, it's really fun. I like it. And we have a comment from Christine who says, loved it. So... I guess at least a few people have heard of it besides Yeah, me. well, I talked to three people in this circle, liked it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's <laughs> right. 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 It's not a big release, but it's out on video in the U.S., out on like Blu-ray and DVD and stuff, and I'm sure it'll be on the streaming services at some point. Uh, it's definitely worth watching if you like that kind of – it's cute. It's cute and charming. What more do I need to say? Sometimes you want a rom-com. So there we that's go. right. Yeah, yeah and it's that's a, a film. I, didn't, I remember I think I posted the trailer on Live for Films a while right, back. Right, right. Because uh, I've seen, remember the post and things. Okay, cool. And um, my number two is a film I got sent on Blu ray to review. It's an old film from 1963. It's out in the in UK cinemas. It's getting a 4K re release on the 10th of September. And it's on Blu ray, DVD, and digital from the 20th of September. It is The Servant, which is a 1963 drama directed by Joseph Losey. Lucy, Lucy, uh, based on a play, written, well, it was written by Harold Pinter um, from a novella written by Robin Morn or Morham. And it stars Dick Bogart, Sarah Miles, Wendy Craig, and James Fox. And it's one of these films which I always, growing up, but reading about movies and things, I used to get a stack of old movie magazines from my grandparents and things. It used to be, it was always in there. Dick Bogart did lots of comedy films starting in his career, like Doctor on Call and things like this. Uh, but then as he, his career went on, he started picking different stranger, pushing the boundary kind of thing of roles. 
this is one of them where he's taken on as a, a manservant to a rich man, wealthy man in London, played by James Fox. But as, the, as it goes on, it's like a power dynamic where Dick Bogard's character basically ends up becoming the true master and James Fox is just pushed to one side. And it's yeah. it's one of these films that's... It's not it's not a favourite film of mine. I'd seen it before and I watched the two of you again. It's it's a kind of it's one of those ones where I'd give it a four star film because it's it's four stars because out of five because it's it's really well made. The acting's brilliant, but it's one of those ones I couldn't watch too many times because right. it's just so you're just there going, Oh, you can see it happening, and it's the way it's filmed deliberately, everything's claustrophobic, not just right. the way the, the camera shots are which is all part of it, but the way the house is built and things like this, and you can just see it all all happening, and you go, no, don't do that, don't say this. Um, but Dirk Bogard's amazing. He just st starts off, well, yes, sir, no, sir, and it just gets more and more menacing, and you can see the little things, all the way he gaslights him and all this kind of stuff. It's it's well worth a watch. It is, a, as I say, it's a well-made film, well-written film, but it's it's one of those, you always have these films which are really good, but you don't want to watch them. Right. Too often, yeah. just like a queen for a dream. I'm talking about you, right, exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing. But as I say, it's it's been restored. The re restoration's amazing. This lovely black and white. The starkness coming out really well because most of the house is painted white on the inside as well, so it looks a bit different. Right, but, right. Uh, it's on the cinemas as well, though. If you want to see some classic British kitchen sink drama, although it's almost a horror film in some places, right. it's out in UK cinemas on the 10th of September. But that was the one I saw. Penultimate film, cool. I yeah. All right. So The Servant. I, I'm not familiar with that film, so I'm going to have to try and track it down. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's via Studio oh, Canal. They're doing the new release and everything, so it's all on that. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Excellent. Okay. So my number one, my most recent film I watched was uh, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, or Shang-Chi, oh, as it's right. actually pronounced. But I've, as a comic collector, I've been calling him Shang-Chi since I was a kid because he's been around since the 70s. So yeah, even yeah. It's pronounced Shang-Chi in the movie, and I totally get that. It's really hard for me to say that because I've just been thinking of him as Shang-Chi for like 30 years. Um, so, uh, but I did see it in theaters, and don't worry, spoiler free. I'm not going to give any spoilers. I was going to say because I've not seen it, keep it spoiler free. Nope, nope, I won't, and I won't spoil it for any of our viewers. Uh, no spoilers at all. I will keep this very vague, or not vague, I will just keep it brief. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, it has some great action scenes. I like the first half of the film a little better than the second half. Um, I, I, I like the second half, but I think the first half is a little more visceral for me. Um, yeah, lots of reviews have seemed to be saying that as well. Yeah, it's one of the first fight scenes. Something they say is amazing. The, the, I think the problem is that the first fight scene in the movie is so amazing. They set the bar a little too high, uh, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, the rest of them are all really good too. But that first one is just so well done. Um, so yeah, it, it's a fun movie. Um, Aquafina is in it. She steals the show. I really loved her. I thought Simi Liu was great as Shang Chi. Um, you know, good supporting cast, great special effects. Um, you know, you'll love the lions. That's all I'll say about that. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, it, it was good. It's enjoyable. It, I'm glad to see it's doing so well. It's another Marvel, but I'm going to say it's like, like a B plus, but like a really strong B plus, right? Oh, it's, yeah. it's, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was, I liked it probably better than black widow, which was kind of similar in structure, a lot of action, um, not the deepest story in the world, although there's a little more to this one. Um, but not maybe a top tier Marvel movie for me. Right. Um, okay. But certainly not in any way a bad film. So, um, so that's it. Shang Chi was the most recent film I saw, and I, I did really enjoy it quite a bit. So, uh, there we go. How many post-credit scenes are there? 
Uh, two, actually. There are two. There's one right in the middle, and there's one uh, at the very end. The one at the very end, I don't know if it's crucial, crucial, but it's it's probably going to be important. So I, I'd say watch them both. Okay, cool. Good to know. Yeah, hopefully going to get to see that at the end of the week. Good, is... good. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Okay, my uh, the last film I watched, it was uh, using one of those, you know, the posters where scratch, scratch off, you know, the top 100 movies to watch or something. It was one of them. Uh -huh. uh, I rolled 2D10 and <laughs> this and went down that way. That was where we picked it. But it was the Martin Scorsese's 2006 crime thriller, The Departed. And mm. it was a film which I've not seen before. Even really? Though I, yeah, I, I, it was one of those ones where I always you sort of go, oh, I must watch that, I must watch that. And then realized I never had, even though I knew the plot, I knew, I knew bits and right. pieces of it. Right. Also knew it was based on uh, Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs, yes. Does which, that it's Infernal, yeah. Yeah, Infernal Affairs, yes, which stars Tony Leung, who's in Shang-Chi. Yep. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, this one, I really liked it. Martin Scorsese. It's got uh, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen. Mark Wahlberg just basically swears and says hideous things all the way in it, but it's just amazing. And he has an Oscar nomination for it. Yeah, it's just, it's just like, he just, uh, he's just there in an office, go, and it's just, the scene starts, and it's like, F you, this, this, bah, 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 and you just go, what the? Mm -hmm. But, uh, no, I really liked it. Martin Sheen was great. Ray Winston, uh, Alec Baldwin, great cast. I was like that as it was going through, going, oh, my God, I forgot they were in it. Wow. Oh. Really liked it, although it did feel not quite as tight as some of other uh, Scorsese's films. Uh, lots of the same music from other films, which, which sort of took me out a little bit and put me into the other films. Like lots of good fellas choices, but uh, no, I really liked it and the way the film and the story goes and the characters. As it go, I, th I think it felt it got better as the film went on and it got sort of got tighter and tighter between the two characters. If you if you haven't seen it at all, there's a guy from the mob who becomes a police officer and there's a guy from the police who becomes an undercover agent with the mob. But they're very closely related to who they're investigating and protecting. But I really liked how it worked. And when the scenes with the fit, as it got closer and closer, I was just going, what's going to happen? What's going to play out? And when things happened, I was going, oh, my God, like that. But uh, I really enjoyed it. thought it was great. Uh, I don't think you enjoyed it, Mike. No, I, th I think we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah, yeah. You haven't seen it, but I'm sure it must have come up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know I've talked about it. No, I... I'm not a fan. I need to rewatch it. I've only seen it the one time. Uh, as you know, I'm not a giant Martin Scorsese fan overall. I, I like some of his films. I'm not a hater. I just am not a huge fan overall. But I am actually a big fan of Infernal Affairs, which I think is an incredible movie. And so this is kind of the double whammy of being Martin Scorsese, getting a ton of success and critical acclaim for a movie I didn't think was that good. And on top of all that, being nowhere near as good as the original, which nobody has seen, of course, except for yeah, in yeah. Asian countries, it was a huge hit. But over here, it's kind of a cult classic at best. Um, and I think that Scorsese's version is a patch on the original. I think Infernal Affairs is a, a, an absolutely phenomenal uh, crime thriller. So um, yeah, so it's okay. And for uh, <laughs> Departed, I don't, I don't. It's whatever. Not my favorite, but I do need to rewatch it. I, maybe I'll have a different opinion when I watch it a second time. Yeah, no, it's just it's just great. But it was a uh, just DiCaprio and 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 Damon were just fantastic. Really good, isn't it? Yeah, good performances. I won't argue that. All right, so there we go. That is our last five movies we watched. A pretty wide-ranging, uh, you know, list there. I think, right? Yeah, totally. That's one of the, the pleasures of doing this list. I I do uh, like. It. You never know what's coming up. What's that? 
I, that, that's one of the things I like about doing this list is because it's just it's always going to be a, a mixed bag of films. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, that's going to bring us to ATE Recommends. Uh, Phil, why don't you kick us off? What are you recommending tonight? I've got a couple of games. One's a board game, one's a card game. But uh, I'll go okay. with the little one first. Love first games. one is a game called a card game called Star Rounds. It's like a deck building oh, yeah. game. Right. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. I'm familiar really with it. Really good. Really around. good that I enjoyed it so much. I went out and got myself card covers to put on the cards. Nice. And nice. so therefore, because it would no longer fit in the original cardboard box, I had to get myself a fancy box yeah. to put it in. But it's that good because I've played it lots already. You just got to basically you get play cards to buy more ships. Uh, and play other cards to destroy the other players' ships and star bases. And it just likes the way it builds because as it goes on, you start getting rid of your crappy little ships and getting bigger ships, which give you more money and more power and more abilities. But it just it's just great to build up because you have these cards in the middle and you're going, oh, yeah, I'm the next go. I'm going to get that card. Ha, 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 ha. And then the other person gets that card and you're just constantly changing your strategy. But that's... Yeah. First one, Star Realms. I haven't played Star Realms yet, but I played their uh, their first game, Hero Realms. I played extensively, yeah. and I love Hero Realms, one of my favorites. So I know, I believe this is the the same mechanics. Pretty yeah, much. I think they do, and there's a Cthulhu Realms one as well. But it's all right. I'm not sure if it's the same publisher though. The other one, but it's they all use the same kind of yeah. format with money or trade and right. Like that. Great. And the great second, second one is a big box board game, uh, which is doing quite well. I've just got the, the lid because it's a heavy box, but it's. Uh, Oh, Lost Ruins yeah. of Arnak. Okay, I've seen it, but I haven't I haven't played it. Well, it's uh, my brother got it got me from a birthday last year, I think. But I only actually got around to playing it the other week with my brother and a friend, uh, and it's really good. You basically explorers, you've got to explore this island, and it's again is like a deck building mechanic, but there's also worker placement. So you have to send explorers out into the island to get resources. Uh, and going to new places, there's these creatures guardians which you then have to do, kill. Well, you don't so much kill as you just sort of capture, and then they give you other boons and bonuses. And while that's going on, you've also got another thing where you've got to research the things you find to learn out what's going on the island. But it's it sounds overly complex. And when you're reading the rules, like so many of them, you're going, What the hell? What does what? How does this work? But then, as usual, you start playing it, and two, two or three turns, you start going, Oh, wow, I get it. And this, yeah. it's just everything comes together really well. The different aspects of it so there's there's probably lots of different ways you can win the game as well and as we're going on one of us at one point to go oh ah okay i want to do this and then the other one to go ah i'm going to go for this thing and you can see people coming up with different and at the end we all go in oh i can see what you were doing next time i want to try this but really good game and uh, well worth going and as with all these things don't let the instruction manual put you <laughs> off right, yeah. go through play through a couple of uh, turns and then soon get it, but yeah, that's it. Lost Ruins of Arnak is my Excellent. other recommendation. All right, I like it. All right, well, I have uh, sort of two tonight, uh, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. Uh, first up, though, is this it is the Beach Boys, uh, it's called Feel Flows. Um, and it's the Sunflower and Surf's Up Sessions 1969 to 1971. So this oh, is a, a two-disc set. Um, what's cool about this is, so I'm a big fan of the Beach Boys. I love all their hit songs, all their surfy, beachy songs and everything. But what's cool about this is these two albums, um, Sunflower and Surf's Up, basically came out kind of after the Beach Boys peaked, right? Um, after okay. all their hit songs came out, these two albums came out in, I think, 69 and 71. And they kind of were like... 
a little bit sort of seen as has-beens by then. Um, and so these two albums sound nothing like what you're used to, right? Uh, when you're okay. thinking of Beach Boys and you think of, you know, Good Vibrations or, you know, Help Me Rhonda, that's nothing like what these albums sound like. In fact, actually, there's a couple of songs that sound like downright Beatles-ish, like, like White Album Beatles era stuff, like okay. really pop vocals and interesting instrumentation and, and all the different um, Beach Boys appear. Brian Wilson's on the album and, you know, uh, Mike Love and Al Jardine and all those guys. Um, and then each album, you get the original album remastered, but then you get, like, 20 or so bonus tracks including like oh, wow. songs like demo versions you know backing track versions and stuff like that um and i gotta say i'm really enjoying it so far these are albums i've never heard before um i don't have like one song off the two albums that i've heard before um and everything else is is just new to me but really terrific stuff if you like the beach boys but and you're mostly like a greatest hits fan of the beach boys but you want to learn more this is a really cool way to do it so that's the two disc set called feel flows just came out like last week cool cool yeah the other thing i have uh i don't know if it's much a recommendation as i'm showing it off because it might be hard to get but i have to show it off anyway because <laughs> it's kind of awesome show it off mike show this off. oh it's my this god three figure set so this is a limited edition of wow. three thousand pieces it was originally made for san diego comic-con um, but of course they didn't have san diego comic-con so it was released online it's exclusive through diamond preview um, you can see here on the, on the back of it, it says, right, well, you can't see it, but it says limited to 3,000 pieces. But what it is, it's cool because I'm a huge Tron fan. I buy everything Tron that comes out because there's not that much of it. Um, but what's neat, so there's three figures and they're each an individual packaging, but I'm not taking them out because they have this nice box set. So why would I do that? But um, so there's, there's, let's see if I need the Sark right there and Flynn, I think, in the middle and then Tron or maybe Tron then Flynn. Um, but what's cool is I have these other Tron figures up here on my desk that are much more like detailed, very much in like the style of like the McFarland toys, you know, very detailed figures. These are kind of a throwback to the original Tron figures from the eighties, which were like the, yeah, yeah. they're more than that clear translucent plastic, which I had as a kid, but I don't have any more. And of course they're like my favorite toys in the world. And so these are like big versions of those, but they're a little more detailed. They're not just like, cause those other ones were pretty, you know, pretty rough looking, um, but they're very much inspired by that. And I love the look of them. They're just super cool. So like I said, if you can get them, I got them on Amazon. They are still out there a couple, you know, you can get them from some toy retailers and things like that, but they might be selling out pretty quickly. So, but if you're a Tron fan, come on, how cool is that? That is very cool. I do like a bit of Tron. Yeah. So there you go. So there you go. That's, that's our, uh, that's my recommendations and that's your recommendations. So that is our recommendations. Yes. You're welcome. Internet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely our attitude on this show. Is you're you're welcome for our awesome content. <laughs> that's very much how we tend to, how we tend to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to go too much over our time today, so I think we'll wrap things up. Um, but yep. hopefully, you enjoyed our our recent our you know five most recent movies we watched and our recommendations, and um, that will should hold you over for another week. So we will be back. Um, Next week, well, in two weeks, if you're watching live, or next week, if you are watching the, you know, um, archived episodes or listening to the archived episodes via the podcast. So, we'll see you soon. Is what it boils down to. That's it. Yeah. So, th thank you for listening, everybody. It's been yes. a good evening. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. So, thank you very much, as Phil just said. And uh, once again, I'm Mike Spring, and I'm Phil Edwards, and we'll see you next time after the ending.